Hey, welcome to Beyond the Tracks, a podcast where musicians draw back the curtain on their own music and let us in on their creative process, stem by stem and story by story. My guest today is half of a musical duo formed in the Boston area as a couple of young dudes now residing here in Brooklyn, New York causing a splash in the indie scene with their own dreamy brand of folk pop music. A quick technical note on today's episode. I won't bore you with the details, but no sooner had I finished editing this thing in its entirety, the file was, shall we say, lost to the podcast gods. And me, a professional podcaster in training, was not fully equipped with the backup strategy that I now know that I need, so what I was left to work with was a smushy, glitchy, Zoom backup vocal file. But, dad, the conversation was too good not to hear, not to give to you. So here it is, uh, full of Wi-Fi glitches and low sound quality, not what you have come to expect from Beyond the Tracks, I hope, but regardless, I really hope you enjoy it. This is Jordan Dunpills of Toledo. So we've always been playing music together and something that I think is like cool that we did, I mean, they're, they're horrible, but like, we also always recorded music together, like on GarageBand. So we've been writing and recording together since we were like 13 or 14. And we had just a few different like iterations of bands um, that like we had a three piece band in high school that was called Big Fair, but we never recorded anything until college weirdly um when i was at ithaca with you and daniel was at berkeley and we got together over winter breaks and we recorded things and the first stuff that we recorded together and released was uh on my own and then crane song um so that was when like toledo became like an official thing that had music out Okay, I didn't realize that I had I I was basically there for the you were there for, for the, the beginning days for the so, so when you were so when you were recording the the early early days in GarageBand were you just fucking around was that just sort of stuff that that was for experimentation's sake and for learning's sake that and en- ended up getting getting tossed or did that stuff ever see the public eye? Never saw the public eye. We would. Some of it would be experimenting, like we would just have GarageBand open pretty much whenever we were hanging out. So we would sometimes it would be us like saying curse words and raps because we thought it was funny. And like, <laughs> so I'm sure you did the same thing. <laughs> um, and sometimes it'd be just like improvising songs. And we had, and there were times where we were recording songs that we had written, but they were very different stylistically than what we do now. Like, we were into. Uh, like the fray and like uh, yeah okay actor and stuff and yeah so it was like a a very different genre but none of those songs ever like made it out in public and we also most of the songs that we wrote in college didn't make it out in the public either 
we're yeah. nervous about releasing it's like still to this day i feel like we have so much stuff that when we are pretty picky about what we end up putting out yeah i mean this is something that i want to touch on and i mean i may as well gently break the ice here you've been releasing music i mean on my own was released what what 20 15 14 16 something like that you're close i think it was 27 just like throwing darts at the calendar you know eventually i'll hit it right exactly Uh, um i'm gonna fucking find out 2017 fucking find out 2017 (laughs) it's been four years that you've been officially releasing recorded music yeah, and no album yet. And no album yet. So <laughs> I know. Like what's you've had two full length EPs. You've had a smattering of singles. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the plan? Is there is there a is there a scheme at work here, or are you guys just totally flying by the seat of your pants? Like what's what's the the trajectory? I, there was there was a plan, and before I say that, I'll just say that it, it still is connected to that thing where like we are we care too much, and we like want our first our like first album debut album to be like something that we feel really proud of is like, that's the main reason that it's taken so long, but we had a, an album written. All right. And we still do have an album written and we started to record it uh, with a producer, Sam Evian. I don't know if you've heard his music. We talked about this before. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely have. And you like, you like retreated out to his home studio in the middle of nowhere, right? With right, the right. And of that's recording this album. Right. And that's like what we want. We like to like be like, okay, we're going away and we're recording the bones of it in like a short span of time. So it's not like really spread out because we'll lose interest and stuff if we do it like, like that. And um, then, so we had a plan for this album and COVID happened. And then we were kind of, then we oh. were flying by the seat of our pants. And yeah jockeys of love the ep that we just put out was not planned at all like we we weren't planning on being like let's do another ep we were gonna do our album yeah um but then we just were writing and recording in quarantine we had like 10 or 12 songs and we narrowed it down to those six and then we released it and so were these tracks were these tracks on jockeys of love repurposed from the album no i was just talking to iris about that yesterday actually uh, they were like, are these songs from the album? And I was like, no, like these are, were all written in quarantine. Like no one's heard the songs from the album and our plan now, I mean, I can't like show our hand completely, but like, mm-hmm. we still, we still want to release those songs, um, not the recordings, but we want to go back and revisit them because we are proud of the writing, but now, you know, it's been so long now we have like eight or 10, like new songs in the, works too so we're kind of like what do we do with these like 20 songs is it going to be a double album is it going to be like are we going to pick and choose the ones that are our favorites yeah because then you also have to parse out like do these songs exist in the same universe right that's that's the thing that's like the hardest part for me is i'm so like time-based too that it's they just don't exist in the same universe for me because they were i was a different person when i wrote the those old songs that, you know, different now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I suppose this requires double the resources, but you know, know. is it's, it's, it's always possible to just have one year where your output is just (laughs) double what it was, you know, it's like release back to back albums. Right. Right. Uh, It's not unheard of. That's what, that's 
creatively what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, but like you're saying, it takes, it takes planning to make means. Right. Right. For sure. So that's kind of what we're figuring out. And that's the stuff that's like, we do think about that's not like the, that's not like, you know, why we do music. It's not like the fun part, but yeah, but, but it's, the, it's the bridge that we've all got to cross when we get to this period where we're like, okay, this is, this has been my passion up until this point. And now I want to make it my career. And so what, well, that means integrating the not so fun parts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been in like not so fun part few weeks, I feel like, and I can't wait to get onto the other side. Right now, you're like in the weeds of it. Yeah, kind of. Because because yeah. because ideally, we'd like to record this summer. Um, but yeah. if that's gonna happen, we need to kind of get our shit together now. Yeah. Do you think you'll go back up to Sam's place or? Uh... Can no, you... I think I think we realized that we really like doing stuff ourselves um, in in, uh, in your home. Right. Well, I don't we still uh, we still have the like we like retreating and it's hard for me to wrap my head around kind of the same way that it's like hard for me to put these two albums together. It's hard for me to be like, this is the studio that I do client work in and like right. watch Godzilla versus Kong in the next room. And I'm like <laughs> recording an album here. I, I kind of, I think we would get at least like an Airbnb somewhere and bring some of our equipment and do it there. Right. It's a little bit like having your work desk in your bedroom type thing. Yep. Is that what you're doing right now? It's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Cause what the fuck else am I supposed I to do? I see your bed in the back. <laughs> yeah. It's literally got laundry on it. Right. Right. I I, like hanging above my head. Oh my God. I didn't notice. It's funny that my like nightmare scenario is that we would record here, but like in reality, like that's not a bad scenario at all. Right. Like, right. So you do have, you do have, have this, uh, this, pretty impressive i mean it's last time i saw it you kept it, you kept pressing that it was a work in progress and that like i'm no, also going to do this and we're also going to do this but um it, it, i mean it's a great space and you guys have got some gear but to delineate in in your brain so the your home studio space is for outsourcing work it's for bringing in clients it's for recording other people and it, ideally it for you you would like to take your creative energy elsewhere. And that's not, it's not even like a real truth. It's just like something that I've created as my reality yeah. in my brain. Like maybe I can unsnip that and like start to think of it as like a creative space again. Yeah. I mean, these are weird. The, these are the weird mental hurdles mm -hmm. that we all have to jump through for sure. And it's like Daniel and I have just done things a certain way for a while. So like recording, in our home would be like a that would be the first time that we had done that. Um, okay, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. We yeah. have to we have to record some stuff here because you know people always ask for demos and we're always like oh we don't have any demos. Yeah, <laughs> we need to be we need to start. Uh, I bet that'll be what we're doing for the next like month or so. Demoing new material. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's get to some listening. Yeah. yeah. So Good. we've got two tracks today. The first track is called David. Can you tell me about what this track is, where it's intended to go or where it was intended to go? David is a is an interesting song and I'm glad that it's getting released. It feels more in line with this the stuff that I like enjoy listening to on my day to day and it when I listen to it now cuz I listened to it today before we talked it like I can hear the like 
that we were listening to a lot of Pinback and like Alex G at the time. And like, mm, yeah. that, so I like it in that sense that I'm like, oh, I like, I like, I like those artists. It reminds me of that. And it's, it's an example of the like impulsive side of Toledo, which I also enjoy working in that like headspace. Cause we, it was all written and recorded in like two or three days or something. It wasn't something that we really like, um, it wasn't pulling teeth getting that mm-hmm. song. And that's why honestly, like some of the lyrics are like mumble jumble, but like, <laughs> it was just like an emotional release kind of thing. And I hope that when people listen to it, that they can feel some of that like catharsis. Yeah. The lyrics between these two songs and the second one, obviously we will, we will get to when we get there but it's obvious that just the approach in writing the lyrics is different. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very interested. It's cool that you can, that. that you can like tell that just from looking at them. Yeah. 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 Like, like sometimes writing lyrics is a heady experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Sunday fun day, it was, and we'll, we can talk about that more later, but uh, for David, it was just like trying out my guitar on my new Fender champ amp that I obviously ended up selling like months later. <laughs> um, and was just playing like you know it's literally like a c chord an f chord an e minor chord and a g chord yeah <laughs> and eventually it gets weird in like the bridge but like it's just that little loop and when you're doing something so simple like that you can kind of just like shut off your brain and like spout out the words and the and use usually what i'll do is like spout out those words um and if there's like little things that aren't working tweak around that but like stuff like hey what's with the long one i'll be around that's probably just what came out Mm. and then i would have to go in and like refine the next line or something if the if it wasn't you know perfect quote when it came out totally let's listen and then we can dig into this deeper this is david by toledo (laughs) you my bagel jury
That was David. When was that song recorded? Over the summer, the same time that all the stuff from Jockeys was recorded. Okay. Um, so I guess in probably June. You know, funny enough, I had not made the Alex G connection until you said so just now, but I, I see us like a similar sort of spiritual core there, you know, and, it's like that, that guitar line in the intro. Yeah. For me is what, what sounds like something that he might do. Yeah. And it's, it's like, this is very much, this is very much folk music. This is very much sort of in the indie sphere, but our intention is very much to <laughs> lift you off of this ethereal plane, you know, yeah, really, take you really, somewhere else. Yeah, like, not a lot of words in this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's more a mood piece. Yeah. But I mean, that's absolutely, that's undeniably an approach, right? I mean, no, so it's I can, not a normal approach, but like I, ha I do realize like there are a lot of, artists that I listen to like for mood. There are artists I listen to when I want to listen to the lyrics and there are artists I listen to because I want to just like, you know, uh, transcend or, or like disassociate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's a, a great way to put it. I mean, I think this, this method, it just lends itself to a different kind of listening. Like you say, it, it's, it's more of a blank canvas. It's, you know, there are words there because necessarily there have to be. And because the songwriter or the narrator has something to say, whatever yeah. it means to them, but it really is, is like, here's this sort of sampler platter of words and, and text painting and imagery do with it what you will. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's so different. Like there are, she's talked about a lot, but someone like Phoebe Bridgers or something like there isn't too much room for interpretation. Some like, I'm sure she has songs that are lend themselves more to, to interpretation, but yeah. you know, David is not the kind of song that's like, I went to the corner store on this street and I mm -hmm. bought this and I did this with it. And you yeah. know, like, cause that is, a, that's a style of writing too. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing anecdotal about this. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing specific to any any scenario. You know, I'm ripping around. I'm planting it down. Mother's roses and rhododendron. Now, like right, those right. are obvious. Those are evocative. But who? But what do they mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, you you might not know. I, you know? I, I mean, I I I have my like. David is, and again, it's like no one would know this, but like David, I just. I probably knew that the song was going to be called that or like that name came out. Yeah. And then I decided that it was going to be a substitute for my brother's name, which is David. And mm. then I was like, so I'm going to write a song for my brother. And then that's when the rest of the words like come out. Right. Right. The greater arc, the greater emotional picture is very clear to you here. To and me. And the, the way that that manifests itself is, in more sort of abstract pieces. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I I'm interested to dig a little bit into what the collaborative process between you and Daniel looks like. Yeah. Um, like, so we've got, and, and you know, these are, these are pretty popular borderline trite questions for anybody who is a duet, you know, or is a, is a collaborative musical act, but, every but every process is different and unique to itself and so i'm and i've being that i've known you uh for as long as i have and i don't know daniel that well but I, like i feel like 
the relationship that you two have both musically and just in life circumstantially is like so close and interwound in each other. So like, can you sort of sum up the collaborative process or is it really circumstantial? Yeah. I always forget how uh, it's hard to, it's hard for me to zoom out and notice how like kind of bonkers it is that we've also lived together and spend every second together. Like, it's like, it's not just a music thing, thing. Right which is weird like because so there's probably a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that informs the music that i'm not even like you know keen on or aware of but it, it's it is it's different for for every song like the collaborative process for sunday funday was very different than it was for david mm-hmm. uh, but something that is oh, pretty much is always true and maybe things will fluctuate as we are like grow and learn new things but like daniel is is always the like one at the board like no matter what like uh, i i don't have the the technical skills so like well that's what he did at berkeley right that's what yeah yeah exactly and the stuff on david like any of the stuff that i are like my favorite parts are like that's like he did that like the you know the like c chord with the like melody and the lyrics for david like i did that and then daniel did everything else um so that's i guess it's like a 25 75 well i'd be interested to hear his side of this conversation but it's different for different songs like david was like it was done i was like here's the song is it already done well actually no it's not even true we we worked on the the bridge section together and like the stuff like that where like if there's ever like a cool chords like that's usually daniel because i would you know struggle with it but uh but we've always got the. In, in what way do you struggle with it like you you just harmonically like your brain doesn't work that way or no it does it does but like because uh, i've heard you play guitar and you do some really cool voicings right I, I, and with stuff like david honestly i can't even really remember like exactly how it happened but i know yeah. that we wrote that bridge section together okay and then there he did a lot of cool production stuff like the the drums are doubled, which they are in Neater as mm-hmm. well. And they are in K-Pasa from the Hot Stuff EP. Mm-hmm. Um, and Neater is the closing track on Jockeys closing of Love, track right? this, mm-hmm. this EP. Yeah. And there, those two are kind of share like some sonic qualities. Yeah. And actually we were, when we were talking with management and we were trying to figure out what the six songs were going to be, it was kind of a toss up between Neater or David being... I see. On the EP. Yeah. And like this song also had further collaboration because there's um, lap steel on it and there's uh, strings on it. And we never have strings on Toledo songs, really. And are those sequenced or did you get strings and we got actual people to, to play on it, which cool. is cool. Yeah. With Sunday Funday versus David, like David, it was like, here's the lyrics. I don't, here's the song. I don't know how it's going to sound like when it's recorded. And then we worked on that vision together. I bet the um, tempo was probably like a little different too. I might've played it faster. I think originally I was like picturing the song and it didn't lose this per se, but like the melody kind of reminded me of like a soccer mommy melody. So I probably approached it with that. Um, And then this is how we were, this is how we worked on, the structure of every song on the EP and kind of how we are working on things moving forward now. I'll be like, here's this, the corporation on guitar and Daniel will get on drums. Uh, and just with like the rhythmic 
those rhythmic elements, we can kind of be like, here are the sections. Like, you know, it's going to get mm -hmm. quiet in the verse and I'm like, you know, um, though David's kind of straightforward. But this is all to say that uh, sometimes it'll be that. Sometimes Daniel will have the song already written and then bring it to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then something like Sunday Funday, the he had the structure down and the the core of the song, like the melody and the first verse lyrics. And then he kind of like gave me the permission to write the second verse lyrics. Okay. So that something like that is like very collaborative in the sense that it's like, uh, can help me finish this. Yeah. Okay. And do either or both of you, as far as the lyrical style that we were talking about earlier, do either of you tend toward either the impressionistic or the anecdotal, or is it really just sort of however you're feeling case by case? Yeah, I think it's a case, by, a case by case. It's, it's probably whatever our impression of what the song calls for. And I know that's stupid because like someone else, if they heard those chords might be like, it should actually be this way, you know, but like, however I was feeling with the, like in the basement that day was like how it, yeah, how it came out. Because we have we have songs that are are a little more literal too, especially on the on the album that is written but hasn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. Around that time, we were listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers and stuff, so there is some of that like Scott Street kind of like. And I went on this to this place and saw this person, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to put stuff out in the world too that is a little more in that vein. I think it's actually surprisingly rare to find artists who just depending on the project tackle um lyrical content from both sides like that i feel like usually people sort of find a groove and that's their that's their pocket and right and uh they ride it but there it seems like there's sort of a spontaneous quality in the collaboration between you and and dan that just sort of allows a fluidity in the workflow which that's, is really yeah, cool. that's a nice way to put it. I, we, we both get excited about, um, like we, it's so special to us when we start a song and finish it like in the same day or so, you know, it's, it's just such mm -hmm. a different feeling than being like, okay, I wrote the first verse six months ago and now I'm mm -hmm. going back to finish, you know, once it starts to feel like hard work, sometimes it, it pays off and sometimes you can hopefully tell like oh they really like worked on this song for a while um but it's it's so much more fun for us when it's you know just pops out pops out yeah uh as far as the the singing you're both singers you both have wonderful voices it, so in in this particular song are you both in unison or is one is just just one of you uh it's it's in unison i think i don't think we've put anything out that hasn't been in unison for a while. Like, uh, I think Lovely was like one person and K-Pasa was like one person. But mm -hmm. aside from those, aside from those, it's mostly us in unison. That's just like a thing that we started doing stylistically. And I don't know if it will stay, but like, that's how it's been recently. I mean, it's amazing. And, and I, again, to harp on the fact that, that, the depth of this collaboration and the depth of the connection between you is is so complex that like uh, you know similarly to like when i first heard lucius and i was like i cannot believe that this is two different voices you know it's like there is so much chemistry there and similarly when i'm listening to your guys's records i know your voice pretty well and so i i'm usually 
like 80% sure I know who's singing. Right, right. Sometimes I I really don't know. And 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 we all, we all like kind of take a, if someone is like, if even though we're doing unison, we'll usually be like, but push, but you, but it's your voice. Like, we'll be like, oh, but we're going to do the Dan voice now. Or like, you know, and in David, it's like, it's Dan doing a Jordan voice. And in Sunday Funny, it's like, Dan voice because right. <laughs> it's like it's like that person's song but like we're still both singing it right and is that yeah. is is that as far you mean in terms of like adjusting levels or is it just sort no, of like, like, a, like a like subconsciously starting like yeah yeah i just start like i will like become dan in my like vowels and <laughs> yeah we just have, have been singing together for so long that's it kind of just happens that's so cool i love it it's funny <laughs> this is a b-side to jockeys yeah. of love essentially yeah. so do you think that it has a future? Do you think that this song will ever find its way onto a record or a, a release of any sort? David. D- David. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Only because we, I just know us like creatively. Uh, we're always trying to move forward. And I feel like we are just onto the next thing mm-hmm. when something's, when something's out. Well, <laughs> I said that and now I'm immediately going to backtrack. We've been <laughs> we've been like really thinking about doing another version of not for a long time. Okay. Um but I think that's I mean just that that the not that's on your EP is specified as a demo. Yeah, right? yeah, I think we went back and changed it to a demo because we we're like, oh, maybe we'll do a new version someday. Oh, that was after the fact. That, you, was, like, after, released that it? was after the fact because we were like, oh, we want to do another one. You're like, wait, don't hold us to this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, we just connected to the song. I think like even more post release, and then we we're like, mm-hmm. got like new ideas and stuff. Sure. I catch myself. Okay, this is this is just an existential. Uh, issue that I have in these interviews is that, is that my brain uh, functions on connections and networking. And like, when I hear something, I'm like, uh, the way that I take in and process that information is to connect it to something I already know. So I find myself comparing, comparing to other musicians all the time. And I wonder if that, like, has there ever been a moment for you where somebody has been like, oh my God, it's just like this artist who did this one time. And you're like, oh, well, I, that actually kind of stings. Like you're like, dude. No, honestly, I think we think about that as well yeah. to extreme extent that I, no no one could surprise me like that. I would be like, yeah, I know Pine Grove did that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know it's like, howdy. You know, it's like, yeah. I've already had those, those thoughts, <laughs> likely. I just listen to music like all day and know mostly what's going on so like i can't talk about putting out two albums really close together without thinking of big thief or <laughs> like you yeah know, yeah and it's helpful sometimes to look at that and and at least get permission you know it feels like i have permission to do it now because someone else did it and it went well and with pine grove and stuff it's like yeah they've released like three versions of angelina so if we wanted to release three versions of david like we we could yeah. yeah, I mean, the comparison that I was going to make was um, Andrew Bird, who never has a definitive recording of something, right? It, he he releases he releases live albums all the time. He releases B-sides and reinterpretation albums all the time. And no interpretation of any of his music is ever set in stone. He's got multiple songs that appear on his major studio releases in different forms you know throughout the years i i I, it's cool that those studio like those labels are like down for him to just do 
they trust him and they're like, just do whatever you want, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is a world that I don't know much about. So is that, is that something that you find surprising from like your uh, well, experience dealing with like studios and managers and all that? Yes. So far, probably because we're still young and stuff like Andrew Bird is really, really established. So it makes sense that they just let him like do, but I wonder if he's just always been doing his own thing and people just trusted him from the get go to like, to do that that's like every artist's dream i feel like is to be like and then i just do whatever the hell i want <laughs> <laughs> so from a studio perspective if you were to put yourself in their shoes with the reason if you were to be like yeah i want to put you know i want to i want to put this new interpretation of not on the next record what would be the reason for them to say no just that it's not new material it doesn't engage people in a new and exciting yeah, way yeah like- i would imagine like a manager or a label manager or something could say like well that song's already been out and it didn't do like say we wanted to put out a new version of sick or something like from the yeah. EP, and they were like well it's a great song but it didn't you know it's not streaming really well so it wouldn't make sense for us to put resources into it again so they're but, crunching numbers yeah yeah they're probably i mean maybe that's like rude to assume that they only care about that but i have to assume that yeah yeah but with some like someone like andrew bird they're probably like you're gonna you know you're selling out huge shows anyway so like do whatever you want yeah i don't know these are interesting conversations uh, and i'm sure and then I, I always think of alex g as like someone that's like just does whatever he wants and people like eat it up because it's so amazing. Let's take a little break and then move on to Sunday fun day. Yeah. It's good. Cool. All right. See you in a second. What happens in the break? I just uh, got on a mailing list for a guitar pedal. That's what I did. Well, what's the pedal? Cooper FX Generation Loss. Okay. <laughs> That's like all I care about right now are guitar pedals. For fun, I'll just like go in the room and just like oscillate a delay pedal for a while <laughs> just, <laughs> or like i've gotten into like i got a pedal that's like fuzz on one side and reverb on the other side so i'll just be like pretend that i'm like my bloody valentine and just yeah. like go at it. <laughs> so do you do you guys do most of your uh most of your guitar effects uh externally hardware style or do you do much pre- internally I think we do stuff internally out of laziness. I would <laughs> so much prefer to just do everything externally. Really? Yeah. You, I mean, that's probably that? probably because I don't really like know my way around the DAWs that much. Yeah. Um, but I also just think like it's more creative. Like, it sucks time, but like you can find some really cool stuff if you just like take a while, like tweaking with the pedals. Oh yeah, no doubt. Okay, took a sip of my tea. What kind? It's just a good old fashioned black tea, my dude. Oh, nice. With anything in it, or just? I actually like you know, I usually drink my coffee black, but my black tea, uh, I I will put a spot of honey and. Oh whatever milk I have in the house. I'll just nice. do a little, little dollop of that. Currently it's oat milk, which is, um, 
seems wrong to put I know in all T. About it. You know all about it? Well, I, I have it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's just like oat milk is now just like what I keep in the house. Right, right. Actually. Um, it's good. It's tasty. It is good. I like it. It's so much more. It's so much better than almond milk. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Almond milk is garbage. Uh, we're back. Coming up next, Jordan. Mm. What, what do we have? We've got Sunday Funday alt. But yeah. Alt version. Not your dad's Sunday Funday. Yeah. Alternative rock version. Um, alternative more rock. like the country country version <laughs> uh, i love that could you guys just like um independently release like a bluegrass covers album of your own music how does i think that dan would enjoy that way too much <laughs> but yes we can and will cool do you have anything you want to say in particular before we listen to the tune uh don't think about john mayer's your body is a wonderland while <laughs> listening a reasonable ask in any listening environment, I would say. Okay, here it is. Sunday Fun Day, Alt by Toledo.
Everybody is wonderland. I don't know. <laughs> Pitchfork just recently did, you know, they do these like throwback reviews where they'll like re-review yeah. an album from like 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah, they and they just did Room for Squares. What did they think? And they gave it like a fucking 9.1 or something. It yeah, was... that's what it probably deserved. <laughs> Dude, I was reading when like I heard of, I almost said when Daft Punk died. <laughs> Daft Punk like announced their split. I went back because I love Discovery so much. Oh my, it's it's absolutely supreme. Yeah. It's so, I think Pitchfork gave it like a six or something. I was like, someone needs to go back. A, make sure that this person is fired. Yeah, <laughs> please amend this. Yeah. I think even Demon Days, which I also love so much, like didn't oh, yeah. get a good score. It's pretty, it's pretty wild to look back and see... Like things that are considered like classic now. Yeah. And they just didn't, they just didn't hit <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I, Discovery 6.4. That is offensive. Yeah. What about, uh, what about homework? Uh, their, their first I think they might have liked homework more. It's just also, it's just like, I don't care if you don't think that like the vibe is right or something, but like it's, just, it sounds so good. Like, Alo- that alone you should be like wow i can't believe how good it sounds that's the th- that's the thing about daft punk right i well, mean homework you- nine nine point two like i was listening to tame impala currents last night and obviously like everyone like loves tame impala and it's like a meme now but like yeah that album just sounds so good like it, it's yeah. just a 10 in my book it's just like it is all the sounds are unreal i was in i was in oregon that summer that that album came out and it's one of the last you know, it's like you don't really have this experience anymore of like having a physical disc and therefore it's the thing. Yeah. One album is the thing that just plays, you know, soundtracks an entire an entire long form experience. But that that summer, it's what it was. That was one of the only CDs that I had in my, yeah. in my sister's Prius back in Oregon. <laughs> and so I just had just replay for three, four months, man. It's like I'm sure in a car like speaker like set it's probably unreal i just started getting into like this is like so annoying of me but like collecting like vinyls so it's not annoying i do the same yeah i just like i like you said it's like i like it being like you know you have to i'm never gonna play two songs and be like switch it over like i like yeah since we're trying to work on an album too it's like just nice for me to be hearing things like that are yeah so i actually this is interesting i mean i in general, am an album listener. Yeah, um, I very rarely listen to playlists uh, unless it's for a specific purpose. I love compiling playlists because I love curating music. Right, but right. generally speaking, as a consumer, I really like to take in an album from front to back. And then, of course, depending on the album, maybe somewhere down the road, I'll, I'll, I'll like a good old fashioned shuffle. But, but I right. just, you know, I think that. Um, not always, but oftentimes it's constructed like that way. Assume that there's intention behind it. Exactly, like, exactly. So, do you a do you how do you how do you prefer to listen to music? And B, I know that Toledo doesn't have a, an LP out yet, right. but have you and Dan had these conversations, or do you think when you do cross this bridge, or even in your EPs so far, do you talk about sequencing? I can end up listening. Well, I have such a thing because i have no data on my phone ever so i'm like if i'm listening to albums because i've like downloaded i so i have albums downloaded and then i have my 
some of my playlists downloaded. So I do listen to playlists, but I, when I bought a record player, it was like a, a an effort to be like, I'm going to listen to things like just as they were meant to be listened to. Um, and recently I've been like, you know, that'll be like the first thing I do when I get up is like when I'm having a tea or breakfast or something, I'll put a record on and just like listen to it while I'm fucking like rolling out my feet or something. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool to like connect back to music that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I use Spotify. So I'm always listening to like Spotify playlists and stuff, but um, for Daniel and I, the jockeys EP was like completely random we didn't even, we weren't even in full control of what the order was, unfortunately. Like our managers had opinions as well. Yeah. I think maybe we got what we wanted in the end, but the Hot Stuff EP had a little bit of that in the sense that we were like, let's put like a sound at the start and a sound at the end. And then with an album, uh, we got super heady with what we were trying to record before COVID and we had like a whiteboard and we're like rearranging the order and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause we've, you know, like I've talked to you personally before about Fleet Foxes many times and, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it wouldn't be too hard for me to get like conspiracy theory about an album's order and being like, and all the songs have to flow into each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you have to be able to play it backwards too. Right. Right. I think, uh, <laughs> I think maybe eventually we'll, we'll probably end up somewhere in the middle where it, it can be heady, but it's not going to like, you'd have to be like really paying attention or something, you know? Yeah. But there is obviously an awareness and an attention paid to sequencing. You know, if it's not, if it's not the end all be all of the album, you still, it's still something that you have a respect for. It sounds like. Right. It's, I definitely do. One of my favorite albums for that right now, that it's not a concept album by any means. Maybe, maybe it's soft concept though, which is probably where we'll land. Yeah. Um, But the Sasami album, I think it's just self-titled. I don't think I know really, Sasami. It's real. I bet you'd like it. It's. I, I guess it's just like a. It's like psychedelic folk kind of. It's very. Sounds right folk, up my alley. Yeah. Right. It's like it's folk music, but she has some songs that are kind of like shoegazy, fuzzy, and and she does a really good job of like the transitions in between songs and stuff. Like Devandra Bandhart's on it. Um, Dustin from Beach Fossils is on it. Like she's got hmm. really good features and stuff. You should check it out. And Devendra Banhart, that's a name that I haven't heard in a while. I know, I know. He, cool. he, his his song with her on it is my favorite one. Sweet. Okay, well, I, I promise we'll get back to Sunday uh, <laughs> momentarily, but I do want to talk about the trajectory of the sound of Toledo because mm. I can hear... I mean, obviously you guys have, as we've said before, have been releasing music for four years, four plus years now, and are sort of building up to a full length in whatever form that'll take or however that'll drop or whatever. And so you've had a lot of time and, and room to sort of explore and and tweak the formula and see what works and what doesn't work. Well, first of all, okay, let's, let's, let's set on my own next to the the jockeys version of Sunday Funday, right? Right. Are these two decidedly different versions of Toledo to you? Like, do you have you seen a marked difference in these last four years and as far as um, your guys' exploration sonically, lyrically, what have you? I don't know. It's so hard for me to be objective about something like that. 
like in my brain, there are things that sound like really, really different, but I don't know if to a consumer they do. Like, I think it, I think On My Own and Crane Song sound totally from the same world because they were recorded in the same place. And I think only like a few months apart. Actually, I think they were recorded the same like t- week. So that's why mm-hmm. they sound so long. Um, <laughs> but Hot Stuff, the EP we got, we had just moved to Brooklyn and we were playing shows and we were kind of, we were listening to a lot of like indie pop music. So there, I think there's some more of that like dream pop element in the hot stuff thing and then and then lovely and fomo are kind of, were released as standalone tracks and they sonically don't sound much like other stuff we've done um and then jockeys is pretty bare bones in the sense it's mostly like acoustic guitars and drums and bass um yet somehow i think you've achieved like the dreamiest sound yet um interesting but it's I, I, but it is like more bare bones this is like sounds so uh, there's I need to figure this out. It's probably like a insecurity thing, but like I can't talk about music sometimes like without feeling like an asshole. <laughs> like well, in I what say, way? Like, do you feel pretentious like, about it? Like, I, let's unpack what this. I'm about to say is I f- don't know how to say it without like having an out of body experience, being like, "What? You sound like an idiot." But like, I feel like our through line is gonna be not trying to have a through line, uh-huh. like. Like uh, my favorite part about jockeys is that like something like um, dog has its day is like very stylized. Like, uh, you know, it's like us putting on a country hat for a second. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think when we do an album, there'll probably still be stuff like that. We're like, and then we put on a bossa Nova hat for a second. And uh, as opposed to being like, every song sounds like slow pulp or or Nirvana or something, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're Mm -hmm. scared or not even scared, but just like, this is not what we want to do. We don't want to have a sound, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But, there, but there are bands that I really love that have a sound and just do a sound. Like I love that Slow Pulp album and I love like My Bloody Valentine, but like, it does it all yes. sound the same, like in my motion, my ears, like, yeah. Huh. Don't right. you think having a sound is an inevitability to an extent i mean you are that's too- that's the thing that's like uh, i objective i can't like i i won't notice it when it's hap- when it has happened probably right I'll you won't you won't know your own you won't know your own because it's someone else to. right 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 but you can someone hear- else will be like that's a pseudo sound but like i don't know what it is right but you can listen to you know a tame impala record or oh yeah like a beach house record or you know and and i guess all i'm saying you think beach house knows that they have a sound (laughs) like that's a good question i mean i think they have a specific sound yeah yeah and and they also sort of like defined a whole generation of music (laughs) with their sound (laughs) i mean this is a really nuanced conversation i i just think like i i know what you're saying and i toiled over this for myself yeah, for, so for years and years and years about like what is my voice what is my identity right like right. i don't know i would sit down at a computer or sit down with a guitar and want to make music and feel like i had so many choices to make and feel like they were all just like if i made this choice it would define my voice in this way right which it's just whether that is or is not true who the fuck knows but ultimately i don't think 
A, I don't think, well, I think an artistic voice is a fluid concept. And yeah, it, well, the fact is you're going to have one one way or another. Uh, pe- people are going to know your voice. They're going to know like your energy or your essence or whatever, however you want to frame it. That doesn't mean it can't be fluid. You know, that doesn't right. mean it can't change. That doesn't mean it can't, you can't fuck with the formula, you know? Right. I think the difference is that some people, when when they find that voice, I that the more we like use that term, the more icky it's getting to me. Right, right. You know what I mean? But yeah, I do. But but I think once people find that pocket, some artists stay there. Um, yeah. As we talked about earlier, and they lean into it, and some artists deliberately pivot. Like and it's you know just what, like what you want to do. Of now, just because I'm talk, I, I've talked with you about them as well and they're one of my favorite bands like Fleetwood Mac has their sound but they did so many different things like that's the kind of thing I would want to do is be like you know like I wouldn't want album one to sound like album two and even if we even if we did like if Toledo did like a punk pop punk song or like a hardcore song it would still be through our lens you know but like yeah but, but that I doesn't mean it can't be transformative, you know? Right, right. Even if totally. it is still through your lens, like... But you hope that it doesn't confuse people and you hope that it doesn't scare people, you know? Yeah, and the fact is it always will, I think. Right. Uh, I think that whatever yeah, we, choice you make, yeah. somebody on the fringes are going to fall off, right? Yeah, that's, that you, is true. If you stay exactly the course... It's probably happened gonna, already, I think, honestly, yeah. with... Sure. Just the hot stuff EP to the new EP. I think there were some people that were like, "Oh, I've really loved some Samurai," and I don't. And there isn't really that on the new EP, yeah. so it's like not really my bag. Right, but you know, this is the thing about music: is that some Samurai will always be there. You know, they can always right, listen right, to exactly. it. So when I well, like when I ask you, like, what is this Toledo that I hear, and how does it compare against the Toledo from on my own? This right. Toledo for right now is just for right now, right? Right, like, right. It's not necessarily the one that is that that is. Um, you know, it's like I'm not asking you to. Sorry, I don't mean to be lecturing oh. you. I hope it doesn't sound that way. It but doesn't. It's like, yeah, it, the way that you answer that question doesn't have to be. It's not like chiseling in stone, like what Toledo is going to look like for the rest of time, you know? And I think, I think another thing that makes the question hard is like, yes, the Jockey's EP just came out in February, but the really those, we recorded them in June. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's not even that that's the Toledo right now. And like, that's not the Toledo right now. We're doing other stuff. Totally. Like, uh, that's the, that's was the Toledo a year ago. You know, it's, it's got that like another degree of separation from it. Yeah, um, and I think this is the case. That's in always so- going to be the thing. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, and in, in so many art forms as well, or performance yep. forms, like, you know, this is the case with actors. It's like, you know, a film that comes out now was probably filmed two years ago. You know, the, know. That, that actor may have filmed three movies in the meantime. That said, I think that where that where Toledo stands right now is, is it's it's this very the word that I keep coming back to is dreamy or dreamlike or sort of trancy in some way, almost like Cocteau twins, like creating an environment and an atmosphere. And even though the songs that you're playing are relatively simple, if you actually pull them apart, it's, 
it's it's almost like a trick, you know, for me. <laughs> um, it's like I am listening to the Jockey's EP and I feel like I'm existing in this very intangible world. That's but, cool. I like yeah. that. It's cool to hear because it's not how I like, you know, when I listen to it, I, I can't. I have to be like, I can listen to like on my own or crane song now because it's been so long and I can have like a, that, you know, musical experience that I have when I listen to other artists, mm -hmm. but like for something like the jockey EP, I can't hear it without thinking about like the release or like something stupid, you know, like I'm like yeah. thinking about how we recorded it or I'm thinking about like what other people might think about it. But you know, I, I'm excited to one day be like, Oh yeah, it is dreamy, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Like for instance, like the, um, by the way, if anyone wants to go track down the, uh, is the video to all my own still up on YouTube oh, yeah, for public it is, viewing? It is, it is. Uh, it's great. It's got a feature <laughs> feature by yours truly. <laughs> yeah. You might not recognize them. <laughs> uh, but for instance, like the, the guitar breakdown on that song, like, yeah, yeah. like i can't imagine that happening on a jockey's tune right oh like, no i just don't think like the world that you created on this ep is so much more cohesive and just doesn't seem to really allow space for that you know it's like no that's not what we're about right now maybe eventually I, but not right right, now. right right i know and I, I mean i can tell you now and i don't i think i can confidently say that this will be true the stuff that we've been working on recently just because of what I'm listening to now and like the gear that we are working with now, yeah. I think there's going to be some heavier stuff coming out, which is new for us. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's that'll be different or it'll be heavier in the writing. But, but if, you know, if we did it on an acoustic guitar, then it will technically not be, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think I'm excited to put some stuff out that like might like surprise people, which that's like always the, the goal, I guess. Uh, yeah, honestly, that's for me as a listener. If you surprise me, you're over halfway to your goal. You know, right, I'm right. like, it is so easy to win me over if what I hear is not what I expected to hear. Right. Right. Um, unless you're one of those bands that's like, this is my comfort <laughs> listen and I never want you to change ever. Make right, the same right. album like eight times in a row for the next 20 years and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, let's talk about Sunday Fun Day. How's that? So let's do listen to it like 30 minutes ago. Right, right. People are like, what's, what's <laughs> Tell me about the, just as far as why, why is there a version that exists outside of the one that ended up on the album? Right, right. I, I, well, it went through a few different iterations. The one that we just listened to happened first. Like that mm -hmm. was the first, that was the first version. And I like it more now. I, I, maybe just because you know it's newer to me in the sense that it's like, oh, I forgot about this, and it's yeah. like. But I think we had a conversation where we were like, "This is too cute for the EP." Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we we're like, we need. I don't. We're, and it, and it's weird to have those conversations where we're like thinking about it in that way. But yeah, it was just like it's a cool vibe, but it was, it was too risky. I think it, it would have been too, it would have poked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, I mean, we were just talking about the cohesion of the album. It does. Right. I think it would set. It so I guess, so I guess we did think, I guess we did consider it at one point, yeah. you know, cause I said, I was like, Oh, it was all random, but like we chose not to use that version because it didn't fit with yeah. the. 
even if that cohesion was subconscious, you still were making yeah. decisions based on some feeling. Yeah. And so, like <laughs> Sunday funny is such a, like an interesting song too. Cause it is uh, like, even though the version that's out now and it's like our, I mean, who knows what it'll be four months from now, but it's like our top song right now. It's, yeah. uh, it's got like a, like soccer mommy vibe like it nor like generic fucking indie rock vibe but like the writing what it was written like that in that yeah. like folk uh bluegrass world yeah the in, the intro almost sounds like a iron and wine like bedroom archive recording right right yeah. and that's and that's like it's just funny that like no matter what like that's how it was written and i like mm -hmm. it's got like those hokey elements even when it's like was you know retailored to fit in with the other songs i am interested in the emotional complexity of this song um right. it's called sunday funday which yeah. uh is evocative of happy feelings and yes. and uh pleasantries yes and immediately you derail us from that, <laughs> from that idea, right? Yeah, uh, first line, I'm sorry that I don't know how to talk about drinking. You said dad's on a bend and you're sending those texts while you're shaking. <laughs> and then the song's like, doom, doom, doom. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is, <laughs> yeah. is this it is like, what am I supposed to feel? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, again, that's another form of, serving something sort of nebulous on a plate to a listener and being like, I don't you do with this what you want to, you know, I'm right. not going to tell you how to, how to take this in. Is this sort of a vibe that you like to live in? I think so. I think so. And um, like, I feel like we do that kind of a lot. Like even like some, some samurai to bring that up again is like, it is a feel good like you can't like be like it's not a feel good song it's just like aggressively positive in the way that it was produced but that too is like not necessarily a happy message so we've done this kind of thing before not consciously like we're, we're never being like you know it would be cool if we had a sad lyric over a happy instrumental i think it's just yeah. like either we're in denial or we're just like, like uh, maybe it's helping us. Like, I don't know. I don't know why it happens, but it has, it has happened before and I'm sure it will happen again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would argue that it, it, in, in the scenarios in which somebody decides to, to construct an ambiguity like that to to say like let's do this jaunty little guitar tune and put sad words over it right. i think that my my hunch is that that's always going to end up sounding contrived right probably you know i think that the people the the ones the projects that succeed on that level are the ones where that's just how you process emotions or that's how your brain functions or that's just your that's just you as an artist yeah Sunday Funday was, I guess, it's, I guess the message is not, the message is, is still positive. And I like, this was, this is definitely Dan's song. It was written for his new, well, not new anymore, but at the time it was like, he was falling in love with someone and wrote a song for that person. And I think it's, I think it's, there's a, a distinction between writing a song for someone and writing a song about someone. Mm -hmm. And I always find it admirable when I hear a song that just feels like 
for someone. And, um, and I guess like the, there's no like happy ending in the song, but it's just about being like, I'm working to try to like be there. I'm trying to be there for you. Not in a like notice me trying, but like, I'm going to, I'm trying and I'm going to continue to try. And so it, I was, I was really happy that I had a chance to like inhabit dance world of the song and like right in that headspace too. It's, it's just fun for me. I think it's like an acting thing. There's something special about writing a song that's like very much just about my experiences in my life. But I also like feel really proud when I walk away from something and I'm like, that was a, that was like a different character. Like it wasn't yeah. me, yeah. you know? It's so fun to do that. And it feels like acting again. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you find that you instinctively go to one of those places over the other? Do you naturally write from, from the eye perspective? And then whenever you write from another perspective, it's sort of um, an occasion. I think it's, if Daniel and I are like, if I'm something like David or something like Nieder or something like sick or like it, those are a few songs that were like just me alone writing it and then presenting it like those are just about me but when when daniel and i are collaborating in the sense that like he's got some words and i've got some words then i feel like i have permission to write it more like a uh, remove myself from it a little bit because it's because it's already a collaboration so i can it can be me and daniel and someone else you know yeah. um it's easier. It happens faster. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's no, even if you have the capability of letting go of the preciousness of writing your own, uh, of a song that you've written, there's mm-hmm. still, that's there's still an, an extra step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if somebody gives you a song and the, or a piece of a song and they say, Hey, I wrote this, it's something that's foreign to you. It's something you've been invited into, yes. but imagine it's so much easier to inhabit that. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. that. I, that that's like a again that's like where it's fun for me instead of like feeling like a because sometimes it's not fun to like have to like scrape away at yourself and like see what's going on not fun at all yeah not really fun at all <laughs> i had i had an interesting conversation with emily about using the writing process as healing and like where where in the healing process that falls for an artist you know so i feel like sometimes you write a song as a coping mechanism when you're still really raw and vulnerable and you're like, I need to channel this somehow. And you use that to, to, you use the song to heal. And then sometimes the healing comes, or I mean the, the, the creating comes after the healing is done more sort of as a retrospective, right? Like this is the progress that I just made. This is where I'm at now, now that I'm ready to talk about it. Do you have any thoughts on this? I feel like I have, I get uh, probably overwhelmed by my thoughts about it. Cause I, I'll probably end up contradicting myself and I don't know. It's like, I've had, that's okay. I, I feel like my tendency is to be in that retrospective place Yeah, uh, mine too. and write things like I have a hard time writing about what's happening in the moment, like currently. Yeah. Uh, it's easier for me to be like, here's a song about someone I, broke up with eight years ago you know it's like it can be that far removed but but at the uh, the reason i'm saying i'm going to contradict myself is because they're this ep that just came out 
you know, we rewrote those songs in like May, June, around that time. And there, a lot of them are like about COVID and a lot of them are about the breakup that I had gone through not very long ago. So I, maybe I'm getting to a new place where I can write things. But uh, honestly, I think the bigger thing is, and I'm happy to say I've, I'm doing pretty well right now. I feel happy. Mm-hmm. I don't usually write when I'm, when I'm don't, I almost feel like I don't have much to write about, which is when, when you feel good. Yeah. yeah when I feel good, mm-hmm. which is uh, scary. And the, I mean, it's the same thing that's scary about acting as well as like, I know, I know that it can be pushed through because I've done it before. Like I know, and, and when it, when someone's inviting me into their world and I, you know, then it doesn't have to be about me. I, and I, if I can get into writing um, in a habitual way, uh, or like creating for creating sake, as opposed to like right now, I couldn't do the writing as healing because I'm not. Again, <laughs> this is why I was hesitant to talk about it. I'm sure I do have things that I could be healing, uh, like working through right now. Of course, but it's if but it's, it's not, not in my, a, if it's not, it's not a raw face. nerve, it's right? Not, an not in my face wire. right now. Yeah. I don't have stuff to work out on paper right now, but but I. I know that the goal is to, cause same for acting. It's like, if all you can do is act when you're depressed and you mm-hmm. can pull out amazing stuff because you're emotionally like volatile, that's probably what, how a lot of famous people exist, but it's not healthy. You know, I want to have a healthy relationship with, with art. So I need to, I need to find the way to be like, I'm creating just to create and I'm telling a story. It doesn't necessarily have to be about me or about what I'm dealing with right now, but like I did it this week and I know I'm going to do it next week, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that creativity exists in you, right? Because, because it comes out when you feel, when you are, when you are feeling, when you are in this tumultuous state. I know. I'm just like, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, and it's, it's, you know, the same, we all deal with this whole, like waiting for inspiration versus absolutely had it with acting too. It's a hard thing for me. And that's like, it's kind of why I don't, I'm not doing it right now. Like it was like, I, there were moments where I felt great about what I was doing uh, and I felt really in it. And then, but I feel like it was when I was emotionally charged and, and and I I couldn't turn it on when I wasn't, you know? Yeah. If it wasn't happening, I didn't, I didn't have the, or I didn't feel like I had the tricks to, to fake it. Right. So there's, there's the key right. phrasing though. Yeah. Is it yeah. that you couldn't turn it on and you well, didn't just, have it or just that you didn't, didn't feel I, like you did? You didn't yeah. Think I didn't feel it. like I did. I'm sure I did. Yeah. I mean, I can never, I can never, I cannot think of a single time where I ever watched you and, and was like, oh, he's turned off right now. Or like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's not, you know, he's not in acting to the full extent of his creative prowess, you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, these are such internal battles. I know and- it's weird. It's weird that it feels like external. And like, I, I don't know how I fall, fall on the spectrum about, of people like believing in, uh, energies are like um i know I, emily is, is very like this and i've had like you know tarot cards and that all this the yeah. spiritual stuff i've opened myself more to it recently but like i i feel like i have a thing with truth not in a like tell the truth or you go to jail like kind of thing, but like like authenticity authenticity where it's if yeah. it doesn't feel authentic it's easier for me to just not do it at all like i 
if if the if sitting down with a guitar and writing something if if it doesn't feel authentic i'm just gonna like stop which mm-hmm. is not good I, I know i need i need to like push through it but right i mean that sort of discipline though is something i feel like we're all chasing forever right, right? it's a it's a rare thing for anybody to really find it and then maintain it yeah it's just hard it's just hard because it seems contrary like like you're saying it seems contrary to making something real you're like if i'm not feeling inspiration which i think we often misinterpret like uh, sadness and tumult and torture as inspiration yeah. and you're like if i'm not feeling that then how could i ever make something that's worth hearing or worth uh worth taking in and yeah. i think it's a misread you know yeah probably yeah. it's and it's just like a it's just one of those things that like that connection has been made that like inspiration equals pain and it needs to yeah. just like i just need to reevaluate my that like connection and make a new more positive one yeah well i uh, i'm just gonna like jerk us back into our lane yeah. here real yeah, quick yeah, yeah. I, I think that that this actually shows in an interesting thing that i've noticed about toledo is particularly having heard on my own and crane song and had like listening to those songs a lot you know for for a while before you'd released any other music and we had all just gotten to new york city and I had an idea of where I thought Toledo was going to go as far as mostly just like aesthetic and just like the feel of the image that you guys were putting off and where the music was going to go and all that. And I often find myself surprised, like when I look at your guys' promo footage or I've never, I'm never surprised at your music. It's always consistent and solid and good, but it definitely seems like you guys have a deliberate aversion to like being categorized or being put in you know any sort of corner or like now we're this time we're gonna wear this and then we're gonna wear this and then we're gonna release this sort of sad song but we're gonna like you know have these vibrantly colorful windbreakers in our promo photos or whatever i and and so i think (laughs) that this this sort of ambiguity really does run through (laughs) i know you said you don't want a through line I, well, I just, I hope it's not like, uh, again, it's like, I hope it's not like confusing. And it, and the thing that's, that's sad with stuff like promo and stuff is a lot of time it's just like poor planning. Like we, maybe we need someone to be like, you need, should have like a look. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that again, that's all the machinery of what's happening in your own brain. Like right, right. The, the, you're like, you look at that promo photo and you're like, Oh, that we look this way because of this. Whereas we look at that photo and we're just like, this is the photo that they, this is the image of the band right now in conjunction with this song or whatever, you know? And to us, it's a decision and it's deliberate. And to me, I can't speak for anyone else, obviously, but I'm the one with the platform here right now. So I'm going to use it. (laughs) To me, I think it's, I think it's really delightful again. And it's not even a matter of being caught off guard. It's just a matter of, of not knowing what's coming next from you guys. I always love to be in that position. And I hope that you, that you can really lean into that because I think you're doing it well. Yeah. Thank you. I like, uh, with hot stuff and there's no, like, I don't, I don't feel like any shame about it, but like we, we did almost get into like a, like very urban, like look and sound and, you know, drum machines and like, like the kind of like beach fossilsy thing and then and then the next ep that came out was like 
very folk. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, and if you ever reach a point where you're like, okay, we need to, we need to pick a lane. Right. If that's really genuinely what you feel, follow that. But right. if it's not, then don't. Because otherwise you're betraying your own authenticity. And as you've said, that's uh, something that you very much don't want to do, right? I mean, I don't think right, exactly. anyone wants that. No, but... nobody wants to do it. But And it, it, it's weird too to think about releasing music in a like, I have such a hard time thinking about past this weekend, let alone like, Mm -hmm. a year from now, let alone like oh, hope, Toledo hopefully would be a thing for like oh, 15 more years 20 more years so it's like I went when given that much possibility it's like why even like care now like exactly what we're gonna do like you know we have 20 years to figure out what our sound is <laughs> like right right every moment is very very important in the moment right. you mm -hmm. know and it will become it will become more of sort of a distant blip on the radar as it as it distances itself and, from and it. it's funny like with that kind of relationship to like something like a crane song or on my own like i'm sure when we were releasing that we had all these same stressors like going on being like oh like i don't know or like even like the week after it came out i, I we could be like wow i really don't think we should have used this art like i don't think hmm. this art like is fits what we want but like now that that's like four years removed like i'm just happy that they exist and like that you know i i never i don't have any regrets about them now yeah. so i'm sure that i won't have them about jockeys four years from now you know it's like yeah I, it's 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 a still frame of where you were at one point in time right exactly you know? i think that's a really beautiful thing about well so many forms of art <laughs> i was talking to, to iris about grant that man is gonna be laying down to his final rest and be like, ah, my like 50 albums that I made. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much. It's really inspiring and like impressive, but like he's it gonna is. he's gonna lay down and be like, ah, look at all my children. Is like how many, <laughs> he has like what like 10 albums already? I mean, and he has what? he has already cycled through a whole handful of different projects. Yeah, and yeah. In my talking to him it sounds like he always just has four or five different projects sort of in his orbit, right? That at any point he can just sort of reach out and grab one and be like, where's, where's this at right now? That's okay. Cool. Do some tweaking, do some organizing. Okay. Release that back into orbit. And, and he's redefined his relationship to creating at that point. Yeah. 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 I think that he's also a good example of redefining oneself, you know? Right. Right. Um, depending on whatever it depends on, but I think you can hear a lot of changes in his life as they've happened. Uh, right. And like he, he could, he could, and very well might like have stress about doing stuff like that. But as a consumer, I don't give a fuck about like, yeah. like I'm just happy to have more things to listen to, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just realizing this now uh, as I was thinking, I was like, well, this, this will be my takeaway. Never am I going to like go to a band's page and be like, uh, I wish they didn't release that. Like, why would I ever think that? Like, I wish they had less music. That doesn't. That's make such sense. a good point. Like, so no one's going to think that for us. So I'm kind of like, eh, maybe put out more music. <laughs> more output is only ever going to be an expansion of how people perceive your sound. It's right. never going to, it's never going to take away from. 
like I could I, I I get it. I could listen to some. I could listen to a band that I really love. Like I really love Dive right now. And like say all their music's good, but say they put out an album that was that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't not. I would still listen to the other albums. Like right, right, right. and it right. wouldn't change my opinion about them. Right. Like, I mean, people have these conversations about like legacy bands all the time talking heads you too like all of like prince uh you know it's like you can lay down their entire discography and be like there's uh, bad stuff in there i'm sure totally yeah it's just an inevitability i think um if you're churning out music not all of it's going to be for everybody you Mm -hmm. know we're working on a song right now called jesus bathroom that's all i'll say (laughs) it's pretty much confirmed that it's getting released soon so I love that so much. Pushing Jesus. the envelope. <laughs> Keeping us guessing. Yeah, it's not going to sound anything yeah. like any, any other songs that we've done. <laughs> you, Before I let you go, I have to know, you've already dropped a couple of names as far as what you were listening to. Mm. But as a closer, I, as a closer, I just want to know what's turning you on right now. What's in your ears? What have you been listening to? If you want to just restate and repackage the ones you've already talked about, that's fine. <laughs> I've been listening to, I'm really into guitar pedals now. Mm-hmm. So I listen to a lot of YouTube guitar pedal demos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, in that vein, I, I was getting into shoegaze a lot. I'm like ashamed to say this. I never listened to my bloody valentine until like a month ago so i was very into loveless like i'm i'm actually there with you I yeah mean, they've only I, they're I one of those bands that sort of existed in my periphery for right i knew that it was cool and i hadn't listened to it and so loveless is like i'll listen to that a lot i'm really into dive right now their album has a really weird name it's like is this is or or something like that mm-hmm. let me find it is the is are it's a great album and deceiver is a great album um that's a sami album is really really great self-titled album cool. uh there's this band called mama that i really like and their album's called two of me uh and i'll leave it i could go on but i'll leave it at that cool yeah, yeah. no that's a good list because i have not listened to most of that not really yeah much. check them out also my friend is in a band called dirt buyer and they're really good. And he's got an album that's going to come out eventually that is going to like blow everyone's mind. Cool. So good. Awesome. Jordan, half of Toledo. Thanks so much for chatting, man. Woo. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Imposter Radio. Thanks, Trevor. This has been a production of the Imposter Radio Network. Do us a favor and follow us on all the social medias at imposter underscore radio visit our home base at impradio.net. We've got something streaming all the time. Live shows, rebroadcasts. You know what they say about imposter radio. Something always, something for all. Also, if you happen to be in the New York City area come August 9th, that's a Monday, don't miss Toledo's first post-pandemic live show on the Elsewhere rooftop. Hit up their socials for tickets. Take care, y'all. See you next week.
and sure live he's just bad, bad at singing